0: Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of the WITH podcast. You know, as we're beginning this endeavor, I want to be very honest in its focus because there's so much going on around our circumstances, the coronavirus, uh, the confinements and quarantined reality that we find ourselves in, and we want to speak to those, uh, but to be perfectly honest, we don't want to be controlled by that. As we continue to have conversations about who God is and who He's calling us to be, uh, we're confident that those things will be addressed as well, but we just don't want to give it an unhealthy focus. So we're continuing to drill down on our heart and hope for this With podcast. This is a place where we try to wrap our head, heart, and hands around doing this one singular aspect of being, With. In all its various forms, how we are to be with God, how we are to be with others, and how we are to be with ourselves. Tuesdays are our Others Day, uh, which we uh, hopefully you enjoyed, Episode 1. And today, uh, Thursdays, are going to be our Ourselves Day. Um, So we're going to be speaking to that aspect of us you know, when I started working more for a church, uh, I began as a volunteer and, and then on staff, I began developing relationships around serving, being for others, doing for at lots of different levels. Uh, my father-in-law, who is the founding pastor, is the founding pastor, and my boss often would say to me and reminded me, hey, remember, your first ministry is always to the Lord. Your first ministry is always to the Lord. Now, you, you got to understand, my father-in-law casually speaks in the King James Version, uh, and he will slip in a thee or thou just for good measure. So his vernacular, to me, has always been a bit of a difficult reality uh, to really digest. That phrase, hey, Christoph, remember, your first ministry is always to the Lord, used to continuously sink into me, really meant, hey, don't forget, and taking care of others and talking about God being for others and doing stuff for others that Jesus is first and foremost for you and of course in that aspect me he's for me you know I don't much care for traveling I like getting to other places. I just don't like going to other places. Don't have anybody who would agree with me. The accoutrement of traveling is a bit much for me, emotionally more than anything else. All of the hoops you gotta jump through, I don't know about you, but I personally don't enjoy disrobing publicly. That's the kind of thing I'd rather do in my closet or in my home with a closed door. I'm not a fan of full-body frisking. Maybe I'm different. And the ratio on a plane of people to restrooms just doesn't tilt in my favor. One thing I do enjoy, however, is the flight attendants' presentation. They're the best. I often look forward to those moments. Now, you have to understand, one of the most seen pieces of my current job is public speaking. So whenever someone speaks publicly, I'm taking notes. I love listening to preachers, communicators, teachers for content, TED Talks, anything I get my hands on. But I'm also feverishly paying attention to how they're speaking, not just what they're saying. No matter the airline, all flight attendants are covering the same material. They do it in different ways. Some are funnier than others. And in very much the same way though, for me, this is a perfect scenario of dissecting somebody's communication style, their how. And, and, and the best part is they aren't really doing it for the audience. Nobody cares. The audience is all air potted up, usually a drink deep and a few snores in, to passing the time allotted for the flight. I marvel at the abject ignoring that is allowed. I mean, that type of ignoring doesn't go anywhere else, in a classroom, in a seminar, in a college course, whatever. And there, there the flight attendant stands, diligently communicating life-saving procedures to nobody. I mean, it is magnificent. Now back to my point. At one juncture of this lesson on life-saving, flight attendants always act out the oxygen mask deploying from the ceiling. They pull it down and will remark, hey, don't worry if the bag doesn't fill, oxygen will be passing through it. which. I mean, come on, whatever. I'm grabbing the puffiest bag I can reach. Anyway, uh, they always make that point, put your mask on first before assisting anybody else. That seems a bit selfish, right? Am I the only one? Except that I find Jesus agrees with the flight attendant. We need to care for ourselves. This is not a conversation about how nobody cares for you, or not enough people take notice of you, or why don't people do this for me, or why don't people do that for me. Christoph is right, I'll just do it myself. This is not about being selfish because the world is selfish. Please, let's all just take a deep breath and back away from that soapbox for just a second. We need to care for ourselves because we have ultimate access to ourselves. How many times have you said to yourself, well, if they could just read my mind, if my spouse could just read my mind and give me what I want, if my kids could just read my mind, if my boss could just read my mind, if my church could just read my mind, if my friends could just read my mind, then they could connect with me. Newsflash, you're the only person who can read your mind. Maybe you're not honest with what your mind is saying. Maybe you're not being authentic with what you really want or need. Look, I'm not saying we all have the answers or all of the tools or all of the means that make quote-unquote ourselves complete, but we need to task ourselves with the role of initiating self-care because we are the only ones who have ultimate access to ourselves. Caring for yourself is different than focusing on yourself. Let me say that again. Caring for yourself is different than focusing on yourself. Caring is about affectation, how you're really affected. Let me drill a bit further. Focusing on yourself doesn't mean you're caring for yourself at all. People who focus on themselves look at themselves, talk about themselves, center down on themselves, post about themselves, revolve around themselves. But have you noticed that when we do that, our problems don't change? We rarely heal, and little gets better. Because we're not caring for ourselves, we're just focusing on ourselves. We're window shopping care. This might be difficult for some of us to hear, but here it goes. You tuned in, so here we are. Jesus does not focus on you. He doesn't. He doesn't talk about you infinitely. He's not watching your every move and breath, successes, or failures. He isn't centering all of creation based on you. And He will never, never, ever revolve around you. That's not what God does. Idols? Sure, idols will do that. They'll worship you and revolve around you all day. God doesn't. Jesus, rather, chooses to care for you. Psalm 55 And verse 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your care upon the Lord for he cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves. This is a humbling experience to be honest in caring for ourselves. You would think it would feel good, but you have to humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you for you. That original language there in the letter that Peter writes, Melo, that original language literally means, get this, to care about. Didn't see that coming, did you? The original language means to care about. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story that we're all familiar with. We've come to know it as the prodigal son because Honestly, we like to be the center and we can connect with, we can relate to the younger, store, younger son in the story. The one who goes out on his own, the one who wants his inheritance, the one who goes and lives prodigally. But right there, we've done it again. We focused on ourselves and we made it about ourselves. The first listeners of this story would have been frustrated and, and probably even angered by the actions of the son. How rude, how horrible But they would have been awestruck, perhaps even dumbfounded, at Jesus' depiction of the Father. Who is at the center of Jesus' telling? They wouldn't have even had a slot to put the picture Jesus painted. This running father. Honestly, we should refer to that story as the running father more than we do the prodigal son. The running father was looking for the son. He had compassion and good feelings toward the son. He was, again, running to the son. Fathers did not run in this circumstance, in this tradition, to meet a son. He embraces and kisses. He's accepting and showing affection to the son. And then he gives this robe, this ring, these shoes, and a fatted calf. And he throws a party In all of these actions, Jesus is detailing the all-encompassing care the father has for his son. The father cares for the son's body. He gives him the robe, the ring, the shoes. The father cares for the soul. He is looking for the son who had gone away. He has compassion and good feelings toward the son. He embraces and receives him and shows him affection. And he cares For the spirit, even the the killing of the fatted calf signifies what sacrifice needs to be made so that something, a relationship, a soul, can be made whole. We have a body, we have a spirit, we have a soul. And every part of us needs care. The question is not, does God care about and for you, body, soul, and spirit? But do you Do you care about your body? Do you care about your soul? Do you care about your spirit? And let me follow up those questions with this. How are you caring for yourself? How? I want to speak briefly or continue our conversation about the body piece. We'll get to soul. We'll get to spirit. But let's start with the body, shall we? How are you caring for your body? If I could give a a few thoughts. The first thing is we need to quiet ourselves. There's so many things, especially in this quarantined experience and so many news breaks, and there's a lot of anxiety, and there's just lots of change and moving targets. We need to make sure we quiet ourselves. John Marcoma writes this in one of his books. Am I getting enough time alone? Keep in mind, there's a difference between solitude and isolation, he writes. Solitude is when you take time alone to recenter your soul. Isolation is when you hole up and hide from people, escaping the pressures of life. One author says, Solitude is a chosen separation for refining your soul. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the first. I mean, come on! Are you taking time to quiet yourself, largely for the opportunity to hear what it is you might actually need? second thing I'd say in terms of caring for yourself, speaking of the body, is move your body. Are you getting enough exercise? I mean, just as an example, Jesus was rarely static. He didn't sit around and make the multitudes come to Him. He went to them. He went from town to town and and region to region. Do you know that according to numerous scientific studies, exercise has the same effect on your body as prescription antidepressants? I mean, how crazy is that? We could get a prescription for something that might affect our emotions or we could go for a jog or go for a walk. Even in the last hundred years, the last couple of generations, the workplace has moved from moving the body to sitting in a chair. And I know many of you have heard this phrase, but sitting is the new smoking. My watch constantly reminds me to stand up. Nancy Kravitz is walking the hallways all the time. Move your body. Care for yourself. Another thing to do is be aware of your diet. Are you eating healthy? Do you even know what you're eating? Can you pronounce what's on the wrappers? And here's the thing, here's the honest truth. Food is not just comfort, reward, motivation, or something you consume to not die. It's fuel. What we take in our mouth and chew up and digest becomes our source of energy. Just in the same way you would never put anything other than gas in your car because you know gas is what makes it run. We have to be thoughtful about what we are putting into our bodies to make energy. I'll, The other day, I mean, I'll, you know, just share. I've been stressed out, like many of us probably are, because of the circumstances of our community right now. And I looked at my wife last night and I was like, why is it that every night at this time, it was about 7.30, I just get... I want something, I want something cheesy. I want something delicious. I want something salty. And she looked at me, she's like, because you're stressed out. Let yourself have some nachos. Go ahead and do something. And you know what I did? They were delicious. I also had two chocolate chip cookies that I didn't tell my kids about because they think they're just for them. If they're listening to this podcast, I want you to know daddy loves you. (laughs) And I love chocolate chip cookies. The point of the matter is be aware of your diet. When we are stressed, we tend to either not eat enough or eat too much. Just be aware of it. Another thing, be aware of what you're drinking. Am I drinking too much? Am I drinking not enough? Caffeine, sugary drinks, alcohol. The amount of water in the human body ranges, listen to this, from 50 to 75%. The average adult human body is 50 to 65% water. How much water we need is way more than what we normally take in. Exhaustion is often actually people just being dehydrated. If you're not sleeping well at night, it might be because you're not needing a new pillow or a new mattress. It might be that you're not drinking enough. Be aware of what you're drinking. If we really are 50 to 75 percent water, we should probably work to put more water in our bodies. Also, get outside. How are you caring for yourself? Get outside. Am I getting in the sun? Am I in nature? I mean, look, when God created humans, He didn't put them in a city. He put them in the garden. He put them in a place with plants and animals and smells and all kinds of experiences. And did you know the sun is the greatest source of vitamin D that any of us can ever get? Vitamin D, by the way, is also known as the joy vitamin. It helps us actually work through and receive joy. And it's just like a loving God to put the largest source of vitamin D, this joy vitamin, burning away from our earth so we can all enjoy it. Finally, in terms of caring for one's body, just fight to stay whole. We're here, there, and everywhere. We've got this on and a show going and we're cooking and we're correcting and we're parenting and we're spousing. We're doing all of these things. Fight to stay whole. I know it's a journey. I know that it takes a lot of effort and that's why I say it that way. It's not something that happens naturally. We have to fight to stay whole. Where we are, be there with everything that you have. Hey, we love you so much. We're grateful that you're tuning in to this podcast. We hope that you're being benefited by it. Let me leave you with this benediction. Now, may you, in the way of our Christ, go, be with and care for yourself as God cares for and is with you. Love you so much.